Good morning. It's always a pleasure to be here on Sunday with you all and just to rejoice in Christ. That's why we gather, to encourage one another and to rejoice in Christ. And we're going to dive into Ephesians 1 today. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to look at verses 15 through 23. Um, but I just want to go ahead and share. This is, a, this is a passage of scripture that I need to hear. This is, I've, I'm called, I'm preaching, I'm teaching on it. But this is, this is truth that I need to hear in my life. It, it hits me hard. Uh, I'm a person that likes to ask the question, why? I'm the why guy. Like, if anything's going on, I'm usually in my mind, why? Why is this? Why, why do we respond this way? Why? Why? That's just kind of driven in my nature. And I think the Lord's used that. There's a time in my life when I was going to commit suicide. Uh, I thought I was alone. And I thought I was worthless. Because everything I did amounted to nothing. Uh, but God intervened in, in his word. In, in the book of Joshua. Right? The Lord saves. And the Lord saved my life that day reading through the book of Joshua, and just continuing to remind myself that I am not alone. God is always with me. We have the Holy Spirit, and we serve a great God, and my value is not in what I do, but it's in Christ. It's in Christ. And so identity, it's a foundational question that we continue to ask ourselves. Who are we? It's one of the biggest questions that we have. And there's a lot of ways that we can identify ourselves as to who we are, right? We can associate ourselves in so many ways or disassociate ourselves in so many ways. It could be from a, a political view. It could be from uh, an identity as a, as a nation. It could be our, our ethnicity. It could be, you know, what, what shoes I like to wear versus what shoes you like to wear, right? Or no shoes at all, right? It could be a, we could associate ourselves by economic status, where we are, by our position in our jobs, by the schools that we attend. There's so many different ways that we identify ourselves that, it, that really can impact how we interact with the world around us. But today, I want to draw our attention, and I think Paul is doing this. What matters first and foremost is who we are in Christ. That, that supersedes all things. That comes over all things. Who we are in Christ impacts our whole life. It affects our worldview. It affects the way we think. It, it affects the way we act. And so our, our, my hope is that we leave this scripture and we think of who we are in Christ and we continue to meditate on that and that impacts us throughout the rest of the week. I think that's, that's what Paul's driving at here. He just told, told everyone, oh, this church, the saints, the circular letter, likely in the area of Ephesus. And this is who you are in Christ. You have all of these spiritual blessings. You are a blessed, you are a chosen people. There's nothing that you've done. But man, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Man, that's... That's a great word. I want, I want to pray, and then we're going to dive, dive into the text. Let's pray. Father, you're a holy God. You are worthy of, of all praise. Father, help us today 
to, to understand, to better understand who we are in Christ. Father, help us to better understand who you are, God, who Christ is. Because we're so closely connected, our identity is found in Christ. So help us today to grow in knowledge. Father, that as we leave this place, that we would be ambassadors for you. That we would honor you with our lives. That we would rejoice in who we are in Christ. That we would have peace in you, Father. This is our prayer. Father, there is anyone here that does not know you, the one true God. If there is anyone here that cannot say, I identify with Christ, my identity is in him. Father, I pray that you would open their minds, that you would soften their hearts, that there would be a repentance and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ and his work, and there would be a submission to him as Lord of their life. Father, that we could rejoice, because there is much rejoicing. And we ask this in your son's name. Amen. All right, Ephesians 1. I have an outline. I'm not sure if you can see it. It might be too small. But this is kind of how the text is broken down. At first, what we see, Paul starts off, for this reason. And what he's doing, he's looking back because of who you are, because of the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ for this reason, and because I'm, I'm hearing of your faith that you have in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm hearing of your love towards the saints for this reason. And then he goes on, what does that lead him to? That leads him to two things. That leads him to thanksgiving. That leads Paul to thanksgiving of, of the Lord, and that also leads him to prayer. And, and what is he praying? Paul is praying that they may have the spirit of wisdom, of revelation, and the knowledge of Him, that is of God, that they would have their eyes enlightened. That's his prayer, that they would know God, a knowledge of Him. And then we see as his prayer continues, it's not just a knowledge of Him, it's his knowledge of Him in our relationship with God. That's what he's longing. Because he goes on, I want you to know the hope that He has called you to I want you to know the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And I want you to know what is the immeasurable greatness of power toward us who believe. That's what Paul is getting to. And then the immeasurable greatness and power for us to believe. Paul can't contain himself. He's like, man, I want you to know this power. And Paul dives in to elevate Christ. So we see who Christ is. His greatness and then Paul transitions. He says, this is who you are, church, in Christ. You're his body. You have the fullness of him, the one who fills all in all. And we have a part in that. So that's, that's kind of where we're going. So y'all can see the overall text. But now we're going we're gonna to dive in a little at a time. We're going to take it in chunks. So let's start. Let's start verses 15 and 16. If you have your Bibles, read with me. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you. So here you heard me. Because of who, who you are in Christ, because of the work of Christ, and because of your testimony, right? Because I hear that you're living in faith in the Lord Jesus and that you love all the saints. And our testimony, who we are, our reputation it goes before us. It precedes us. 
man, how, what is our reputation? Are, are people going to know us as, man, we live out our faith in the Lord Jesus? Man, boy, Jesus is everything in our lives, and, and we live accordingly. Man, and it's shown in our love for one another. Right? This, by this they will know that your love for Christ, that Christ exists, your love for one another. That's how the world will know the love of God. That's how we love one another as saints. Man, and Paul is thankful He's thankful for this. This is Paul in prison. He's in Rome. He's likely knowing that the end of his life is just around the corner. And here he is. He's writing to, to a, a group of churches, believers, that he's invested his life into for, for years. And he's hearing this report, and he's thankful. Man, he's thankful. Man, this is a report, the fruit. There is fruit bearing in your lives, and I'm so thankful for that. And it's because of the spiritual blessings that you have in Christ. Man, let's praise God. Man, rejoicing. So just knowing our lives should lead one another to rejoice in the work of Christ in and through our lives. But not only that, thanksgiving, leading them to thanksgiving, it also leads them to prayer. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. That the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened. Man, Paul's continuing to pray, praise God, and he's continuing to pray for this church. It's constant. He loves this church. I was just talking this morning, when you love someone, you pray for them. You care for them. You interact for them. You intercede for them. Man, Paul loves these people. He's praying for them. And what's the one thing he wants them to know? He knows he's not going to be around much longer. That's how, that's how I view it. Man, he's like, I want you to know God. <laughs> I want you to know the Lord Jesus Christ. They already know God, right? They already have the Spirit. They've been sealed by the Spirit so that there isn't anything new. It's just wanting them to continue to grow. And their knowledge of God and His work to them. That they would have wisdom. The revelation and knowledge of Him. Their eyes of their hearts enlightened. Hearts. A lot of times we see this in Scripture as being the center. It's like this idea of the soul. It's, it's what is, what's eternal. Your eyes enlightened. That's His prayer. So as we think is our, our love for, for one another. This should be part of our prayer. That we would continue to know God that we would grow in knowledge of Him, that we would understand Him, and that they, that they would rejoice in who they are in Christ. And I say that because as we continue, it says, your, your heart's enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He's called you. So stop here. What is, what is the hope that He's called us? Man, the hope is that we're spending eternity with Christ forever and ever and ever and ever. That, that's our hope. Christ has risen from the dead, and we will rise with Christ. He will come. He will return. And when He calls His children, we will be with God forever, free from sin in a new body, in a new heavens, and a new earth. Knowing God for all eternity, that's our hope. Because if that's not our hope, the alternative is, is we know to feel the wrath of God. 
the, the judgment that He poured out on Christ. Man, but we have a hope. There's so much more to life. There's a hope that He's called us. More than that, what are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints? Man, this is something I, I struggle with to grab, grasp this. The riches. Paul is speaking, he is calling the church here, the saints, the riches. We are the riches, according to God. We are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. We are Christ's inheritance. Earlier, Paul talked about how we will have an inheritance in the new heavens and new earth. But here he's saying, you are the inheritance of God. And like, for someone that wrestles to understand the, a father's love, to understand God's love for me, I, man, just wrestle with, rest in this. <laughs> God is, you are not just his inheritance, you are a glorious inheritance. You've been made new. You've been glorified by the blood of Christ. You are God's inheritance, and he's so thankful for that. And he says, the saints, who are these saints? These are anyone who's repented and believed. Paul is talking to a Gentile audience. This is a, a people that's not received the initial promise that we see in Israel. Israel, there's a lot of, man, the promise is given to Israel. The, the Gentiles, they can never come before the temple. They can never enter the presence of God. They, they were not allowed. But by the work of Christ... They can approach God at any time. More than that, they're an inheritance, a glorious inheritance before God. And that's the saints. Who are the saints? That's every tribe. That's every tongue. That's every nation. That's everybody. Socioeconomic status. It doesn't matter. That's everybody. Everybody has the opportunity to come before God. Those who believe. And he goes on, what else does he want them to know? about God. He wants them to know the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. He wants us to know God's power to us. And what is, what is this power to us? What, what does that mean? Well, Paul explains it. Let's keep going. What is God's power to us who believe? It's according to the work of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Man, his power towards us, he's directing us to Christ. To understand his power towards us, we got to understand Christ. And that's what Paul's doing here. He says he's, he's raised him from the dead first and foremost. This doesn't happen anywhere else. God alone raises people from the dead. There's no, there's no other idol. There, there's... No one else but God alone is the one who raises people from the dead. When he raised them from the dead, more than that, he raised Christ from the dead. He also seated him at the right hand of the Father. He's on a throne. He raised, he raised from the dead and he's on a throne. He humbled himself. Man, he humbled himself to take on flesh. Man, the, the one true God, the creator of all things, takes on flesh, dies a death that he doesn't deserve. Faces the full wrath of God, but then he's risen, he's raised, and he's seated on a glorious throne. This throne is his, his rule. His, he's far above all rule, authority, and power, and dominion. 
man, he's, he's above all things. Whatever we may encounter in this world, whether spiritual power, whether uh, power of the nations, of people, it doesn't matter. Christ is above all. He His name is above all. There's no name above the name of Jesus. Not in just this age, but in the one to come for eternity. This is who Christ is for eternity. And more than that, he also, he put all things under his feet. All things are under the feet of Jesus. And he gave Jesus as head over all things. To the church. I love this. And this is where Paul helps them understand what is this power towards us. He elevates Christ. We see the power of God. And then we see it come toward us who believe in him. And Christ, the head over all things, God gave Christ as head over all things to the church. God gave Jesus to the church, which is his body. Now, a couple of things about the church here. This is all the saints who believe. I believe Paul is talking in a local sense, local churches. Paul, Christ has been given to the church, which is his body. So we being the body uh, of Christ. So... Stepping here, this is some, a lot of grammar here that causes some, some translation struggles a little bit. But I think it's pretty clear if we dive into it. First, what we're seeing is Jesus as the head. He's a cosmic power. He is ruler over all things. And God gives him to the church, which is his body. So what this doesn't mean, being his body. The fullness of him. The, it doesn't mean that we are God. <laughs> we'll just make that clear. We are not God. And second, it doesn't elevate us to God. And second, it doesn't bring Christ down in the sense that Christ needs us to be full. That's not what the author is saying here. We do not fulfill Christ. What this means is that we are the, Jesus is the head and we are the body. Think of in the sense of uh, think of like a, a Roman Empire, right? You got Caesar as the head. What he says goes. He's the ruler of all things. But we, the people, kind of like the body of the Roman Empire, we experience that blessing. We've come into that. We're under his rule, but we're also the outworking of his rule. The, does that make sense? Other illustrations that, that we've seen is uh, an element of a, a bride coming into a bridegroom, right? The, the groom... The bride comes into his family, into his name, into his reputation, in, into his life, and is an extension uh, of the bridegroom. Um, we, we see that the hand in the body, the body, the outworking uh, of the work of God. So this is who we are. We, we are an outworking uh, of Christ, and we've come into Christ. We've come into the blessing like an adopted child. And we've been adopted by Christ, and we're taking on everything that Christ has to offer. His name is given to us. We are no longer an enemy of God, but a child of God. We come into Christ, and we are the outworking, the fullness of Him. That's what I, that's what I believe the fullness of Him means. We have taken on the fullness of, of Christ, in the sense we have His Spirit. Our, our new name is not just enemy of God, but we are His child. We, we are in the fullness of Christ. And Christ is the one who fills all in all. 
Man, and I, when I see this, as we're called, we have a role to play in Christ's work. Christ who, who fills all in all. We are in the fullness of him, his body. We have a role to play. We have a role to play. We share the good news of Christ with others. Right? When we, let's look back to the beginning. When you look in Genesis, when God created the heavens and the earth, he created man in the image of God. And then man sinned and disobeyed. And we see the consequences that happen, the brokenness that happens. We see a, a, a brokenness with God, a, a separation. We, we see a brokenness with mankind, with one another, right? Adam says, God comes to Adam and says, what have you done, Adam? Have you disobeyed? And he's like, no, that's the woman you gave me, right? There's a brokenness between one another and a brokenness between all of the earth, the created earth. Man, and Adam and Eve were to, to fill the earth with worshipers of God, to work and keep and fill the earth with worshipers of God. And here we see that Christ is redeeming this. Right? There's, we, are, we have been made new in Christ. We have been restored into the image of God. And we are part of this element of Christ filling all in all. And I, I believe some of that's here today, going and proclaiming the good news of Christ to, to one another, to the lost, to those that need to hear the good news. Man, this is the, the glorious good news. This is what we've come into. This is the power that we've come into. <laughs> We're, we have been brought into Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the God above all things. He doesn't need us. There's nothing that we can do to be worthy for him. There's nothing that we do that he would choose us. We're, we're filthy garments. We're rags. We're nothing. But man, he's chosen you and he's brought you into something so much greater than you could have ever known on your own. On our own, that's what we want to be, right? Do not eat of this tree of knowledge and good of evil. Right? And the, and Satan says you will be like God, knowing good and evil. That's the appeal. We all want to be our own gods. That, that's our drive. Man, and we live in an age where truth is relevant. What's true for you is true for you. That's great, but my truth is different. Man, no. There is one truth. There is one God that we come before, that we serve. Man, and we're brought into the power. We're brought into the kingdom of God. We're his children. Man, that's what Paul wants us to know. That's what he's driving them to. Know who you are in Christ. Man, you have a hope. There is a new heavens and a new earth. You have an inheritance that's to come. Man, you are a glorious inheritance to Christ. Man, you have been glorified. And God loves you. He's so excited to have you as an inheritance. Man, and more than that, you've come into the kingdom of God and into his work. Man, this God that has been raised from the dead, Jesus who's raised from the dead, who's on a throne for eternity. You're, you've come into him. This is who you are. Man, and if I just want to say, if this is who you are not today, and if you are, are not someone who has believed in Christ, the work of Christ, if you've not turned from your sins, if you've not trusted in him, if you've not submitted to him as Lord of your life, man, 
I call you today to, to repent and believe. And we see this Jesus is king of kings. And we see one day all things are going to be underneath his feet. One day, whether, whether by regardless, we'll all come before Jesus and worship him. But you'll either do so as an enemy of God or as a child of God. And I'm telling you, it's great to be a child of God. <laughs> it's life-giving. For me, it's, it's what makes life worthwhile. That's why I'm here today. believe this to be true. So I invite you to, to repent and believe. If you need to talk to somebody today, grab, grab somebody. Say, hey, how do I know this one true God? I'll be up here at front if you want to talk. Be happy to do so. But let's dive in to continue. Let's go to the next slide. All right. So Paul is driving home who they are in Christ. Why? That's my question I ask. Why, does, why is Paul driving this home? I think there are a few key points that we're going to continue to see that's outworked through, through this letter. This one is that the church would persevere. There's going to be false teachings. There's going to be spiritual warfare. There's going to be persecution. And he, he wants them, how do we withstand these things? We know the truth. The word is truth. We, we know God. God's revealed himself by, by his word. And he wants them to persevere. I think he also wants them to just live according to their calling. We have a new identity in Christ. We're children of Christ. Right? We are ambassadors for Christ. We, we live on mission. We live to honor God. Man, and think of as a child as, as a child to your parent. You don't always just obey because you have to. You obey because it's your joy. You love your parents. Man, we want to honor God through, through our lives. And then I think also Paul wants the church to, to live in unity. Right? It doesn't matter everything that we might associate or disassociate ourselves with. Man, it, it pales in comparison. Jesus Christ is a leveling field. <laughs> It doesn't matter how or what you identify yourself as and who you are in Christ is what matters. It doesn't matter if you're a Gentile or a Jew. Man, what, what matters is that you are in Christ. Christ Jesus, above all and in all. That's your identity. That's who you are, and that's how we're unified is through the work of Christ. And I think the last thing Paul wants, wants to drive home, he wants us to rejoice who we are in Christ. You see power. Paul can't help himself, but just continue. We saw that last week. Here's, here's the blessings, the spiritual blessings, and it's just like, bam! I can't stop writing these spiritual blessings. And then he's like, man, I want you to know who you are in God, and he just continues to write about who they are in God. And we have much to rejoice in. I think Paul wants, wants the church to rejoice. And as, as we continue uh, looking Looking through this, we can go to the next slide. Uh, what is, how do we grow in a knowledge of God? If that's what Paul wants, wants for the church, that was my bad. Uh, Paul wants knowledge of God for the church. How does this happen? What does the text say? Well, first, as, as we're just diving through the text, we see Paul praying for it. It's a knowledge of God can be requested. It can be prayed for. 
So let's pray. Pray for the knowledge of God. How else does it happen? Man, it's, it's from God. We have to pray to God that God would open our eyes, that he would give us wisdom, that he would give us knowledge of him, that he would open the eyes of our hearts. God has to do that. We can't just do it on our own. And then how, how does God continue to work at that? I think we see here it happens through the scripture, through his word. Like Paul prays for it. He asks that God would give it. And then Paul shares what is the knowledge of him. Right? And, the, and Paul's words are, are scripture to us today. And we meditate on it. Paul reveals who Christ is. He shares the good news of Christ. Man, so, so how do we do this? Where do we receive this word of truth? Man, we receive it through reading the Bible, through singing, through teaching, through sharing and communicating it to others, through rejoicing in it, through living it out, to meditating in it, to writing it out, to memorizing the word of truth. And this is how we grow in the knowledge of God, in His word of truth. We rest in His word. We make known His word is known to us. And that will happen through the Spirit. And that will happen as we pray for it, that the God would give it to us. All right. So as, as we continue to move on, thinking of application for, for our lives today, and thinking of, of the why, how does this in, impact our, our lives to this day? I think of, man, we need to hear this. It's just a continual reminder. We need to hear the good news of Christ. And that should lead us to giving thanks unto God for his work in and through, through the lives of the saints. And that's what we need to do. Just as Paul's modeled for us. How, do, how are we giving thanks for how God's working in and through the lives of others? And one thing to do that, we have to take our eyes off ourselves. Uh, that's one thing that has to happen. And we have to, have our, we have to have a love for others. And we have to have a desire for others to know Christ. I think that's what leads to us to giving thanks for the work of God in and through the saints. But let's rejoice in that. God saved each of us. We're all evil, equal before God. Not evil. We were evil. God, God saved us. Right? But he also works in and through us. So, man, as you see... As you see God working through someone, man, praise the Lord and say, man, I'm, I'm seeing how God's working in, through you, in and through you. That's an encouragement. Let's encourage one another. Also, we see in, in application, we want to pray for one another. <laughs> pray that we continue to grow in the knowledge of Christ. Let's, so let's do it. We're going to do that in just a little bit. We're going to take some time. Just pray with those beside you. Uh, if there's no one beside you, just pray. And just take time of thanking God for the work of the saints and praying for one another that we would grow in a knowledge of God and that our love of God would continue to grow and that our love for the saints would continue to grow. Next, I want us just to rejoice. Let's just rejoice in Christ this week. We're encouraged to write down your blessings. And that fits in. Man, what do we have to rejoice in this week in Christ? Write it down. Celebrate it. Share it. I think that's also the last thing. Go and share the good news. And we we're called into the kingdom, into Christ, who fills all in all, and he's called us to go and make disciples. Man, we, we got to share the good news of Christ with other saints for the encouragement, for endurance, for perseverance, but to the lost. 
and that they may know the one true God, that they may be saved. And let's share the good news. So that's what I wanted us to leave this week. I want you to know who, who are you in Christ? Revel in that. Who are those around you? Who are they in Christ? Let's meditate on that. Let's think that. Let's pray and let's act accordingly uh, to in, in the word. Because as we see next week, man, we, we have a glorious inheritance. We're glorious in God. And next week we're going to see Man, we were dead in our trespasses. This is who we once were, but this is who we are now. Man. So I'm, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for our time. And then we're going to spend maybe just five minutes, just pray beside each other. Pray, pray what we've talked about. And then the, the band is going to come up, lead in a few songs. And we'll continue. Father, you're a great, holy God. And thank you for who you've made us in Christ. Father, you alone are are worthy of praise. And may we praise you all our days, throughout eternity. Father, we, most of us here are Gentiles. Father, and now we can come before you in, in prayer at any time. Father, you are with us. We are sealed with your Holy Spirit. We are never alone. Father, and we never will be. One day we'll be in the new heavens and the new earth, in your presence for all eternity, knowing you, the one true God, and worshiping you all our days. We long for that day to come. And until that time comes, or until you call us home, may we be faithful and live out your word. May we be faithful to live out who you've made us in Christ. And it's in your son's name I pray. Amen.